So this is the most quoted three words from the scriptures now in our culture. Do not judge. How many of us then, how many times do people then go on to read these 12 verses to get the full context of what this means? We don't. Because what we're looking for, as we've talked about on this podcast so many times, postmodern, the whole idea is the do not judge is leave me alone to live my own truth. Don't make me feel wrong about what I'm doing. Isn't do not judge just code for you live and I'll let you live and I'll live? All right, fellas, what is going on? <laughs> We're just having some fun. We're just Pre-episode conversations, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> to remember to cut that out. Doing well, man. I, uh, I'm seeing the end of the tunnel on my project downstairs, putting in two bedrooms in our basement. So yeah. Keegan can finally get off the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, it's good. Like, And I'm under a, a deadline, too, because I, the carpet installers are coming mm. next wednesday yeah that's a and hard so deadline the, the mud the mud and all that has to be done on the and paint yeah no so. more thumb accidents no 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 more thumb no. accidents hopefully not <laughs> yeah something i meant to talk to you about this morning i got a new quote on windows yesterday oh yeah has it went up big time or is it just uh, always nope high? just still super high so you yeah. guys are in a world that I just don't know about quite yet. <laughs> yeah, homeowners trying to figure out what in the world. Hey, that I looks bought like. you a dryer this summer. This is true. <laughs> I, last, yeah. I didn't even have to deal with day. that. Yeah. And I unclogged yeah. your sink, right? Hey, you know what though? These are all inside jokes. No one yeah. knows what we're talking. I'll, about. I'll so you if you know. see Justin or me, you can ask about those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, we are uh, we're back at it. Uh, Jumping into Matthew 7 this morning, mm-hmm. really looking forward to this conversation because, as I shared in our last podcast, mm-hmm. this is one that hits home a little bit more mm-hmm. for me than maybe the conversation on anxiety does at yeah. the end of chapter 6 in this Sermon on the Mount. Um, but just just want to rehash the, the premise for you, the, the kind of the overall overarching um, point that you're trying to make with Sermon on the Mount and the Life of Christ is... Our object is not behavior modification, um, but it's heart transformation, yeah. right? This isn't about doing things better, but what, is our, what are our motives mm-hmm. in which we do these things? And growing in holiness, growing in Christ-likeness along the way. Well, foundationally, becoming new people. Right. So, like, if you listen to the, to the cultures around us, you see so many people just throw their hands up and say, that's the way they've always been. Hmm. They're not going to change, right? There's just this, you're, you're cast in a certain light. You've done behaviors that become ingrained, and that's just who you are. The hope of the gospel is not only rescued, redeemed, forgiven, mm-hmm. all these things that are valuable, restored into the image of, or restored in relationship with God, hope of the gospel continues in that we are now restored into the image, image of God. Right. And so it's hopeful. And the Sermon on the Mount is leading us to a place to fundamentally yeah. change who we are. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, we can't pull that off. We've never been able to pull that off. We've never been able to behavior modify our lives 
to change yeah. these kind of things. Yeah. It's and, Christ and, in us. Yeah, and, and when, when Christ does meet uh, each one of us as sinners, as, as fallen people, um, and takes us as we are, we are never meant to stay there. Right. He, he, he takes us from where we are only to transform us into his likeness and his image. And that yeah. is his desire. It's never just y'all come, take everybody, and just live as you may. Mm-hmm. But it was always to, to restore us into who we were originally created to be and the way to live. To, to live the God that, the, to live the life that God has for us. Not to live our best life, but to live the life, to live God's best life for us. And yeah. uh, we say not behavior modification, rather it's heart transformation, but it's the heart transformation that ultimately leads to a change in behaviors. The way that we interact with the world around us does change because all of a sudden our motivation, the way we see the world, the way that we process the world around us has changed. And when all of that changes then, it then does change our behaviors, not from a legalistic point of view, but because it's from an ultimate I want to live differently because Christ has done this in my life. That's why Jesus says that what he's promising is actually a righteousness that can exceed yes. the righteousness of the, yep. the Pharisees, yep. which that would talk about a list and trying mm-hmm. to modify your behavior. Yep. Yeah. He said, listen, I can move you to a place where you're not looking at the list. Yeah. Your heart's so changed that you just live out a righteousness. Right, right that comes naturally because of your relationship with God. But wouldn't you say, though, with the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus is giving us things to begin practicing what it is to live in his kingdom on reliance on him. And that, I think that's one of the things we're going to discuss within Matthew chapter 7. There are certain things where Jesus is saying, don't do this. Do this instead. Not because it's a legalistic adding to the law, but rather when we begin practicing what it is mm-hmm. to live into this, that is when we are allowing the Spirit to work in our lives. It takes a decision on our end to say, Spirit, I can't do this. I need yeah. you to do this for me. And so therefore, and like your sermon this past week, we are, we are desiring it and we are seeking that out from the Spirit. And is this, it is this co-laboring of spiritual disciplines yes. Yes. in our lives yeah. where we commit ourselves to the work of Christ. Yep. Where, yep. you know... I, told you for me. I mean, I went to bed super late last night, but I'm committed to waking up at a certain time in the mm. morning. And um, the, the discipline of that, because I know that the discipline of that is going to lead to spiritual fruitfulness. Yes. That's the only reason why I do that. Yep. Um, and it's taken shape, and, and now I'm at a place where I need that time now. Mm-hmm. I need that time to to be the best version of, of myself for the sake of the kingdom yeah. that, that Christ yeah. has for me. Yep. It's kind of all this always this tension of becoming who you already are mm. or who you who God says you mm-hmm. are, but then realizing that is the process of a lifetime. Mm. Right. Right? And maybe that's what Paul was talking about when he taps into like work out your salvation yeah. with mm-hmm. fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. This there is a sense where, okay, this is who you're calling me to be. This yeah. is the promise that you have for me, but then I have to intentionally put myself in a place through spiritual right, disciplines, right. through daily choices, yeah. to then allow it to be worked out. Yeah. So yeah, it is like, this is who you are, yeah. but this is right. who you need to be, and it's the tension, the process. Which runs contrary to the belief that, hey, if I just 
get baptized, confirmed, da-da-da-da-da, that I'm set and the fruit of my life bears no witness right, to right. my life in Christ. It's just as long as I do these, check these boxes, I'm good. Well, and, and, and to much of what I've learned from you, Ben, is this idea of we can't live life accidentally. We can't just wait for things to happen. There has to be right. an intentionality that we are approaching. We can't just say, hey, I've prayed the sinner's prayer mm-hmm. and just wait for it to happen. Uh, that's, not, that's, not, that's unbiblical. We're told right. that there is a mutual, yes, we can't do it on our own, but we actually have to seek and pursue after God and allow him to do that for us. Because there are those public professions of faith mm-hmm. that are that are important and they're great. Mm-hmm. But if that's not coupled with the lifestyle, right. then it's all vanity. Yeah. The book of James tells us that exactly. Oh, yeah. Faith without action is dead. And now we can get into a whole theological thing over there. And well, I don't think that's where we're going today. No, but, but it still requires uh, fruit to come out of our life. It's the, like one coin with two sides, exactly, right? Exactly. And like back to what you guys are just talking about, to me, what stands out with what Jesus calls us to, Matthew 16, 24, if any man will follow me or come after me. That's the point here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, Following yeah. Jesus. Let him deny himself. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm doing yeah. intentionally, yep. not accidentally. Right, right. Let him take up his cross. Yep. Well, and again, that's just being willing to die to my own selfish, yep. sinful pursuits. Yep. That's not a death uh, of self, that's a death to self, yeah. which is an important distinction, and follow me. And that's a continuing that language is yes. intentionally. There's so much intention in following mm-hmm. Jesus, yes. while at the same time understanding that without His grace, I can't do any of this. Right. That's exactly right. But I need to I need to appropriate his grace into my life. That's all summed up in Romans 12. Therefore, because of the grace of God, yeah. in view of everything that God has already done for you, you then present yourselves as a living sacrifice. That's it. It's an intentionality yeah. like, look, yes, it's because of God's grace in your life that you do this. Not You don't present yourself as a living sacrifice in order to receive God's grace. God's grace has already been acted upon you. Therefore, your response is to present yourself as a living sacrifice. Which, which is which is an act of humility, which sets us up for our our time in Matthew, Matthew 7, 7 this morning yeah. of just the, the the way in which we view other believers mm-hmm. <laughs> or other people, the way we are called to um, approach others, to think of others, yeah. and um, offer correction towards others. Yeah, this is a huge problem, is it not? Like it was uh, Brendan Manning who said, and then it was coined by DC Talk, that the biggest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who claim Jesus with their lips and then completely deny him with their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So Christians acting like Christians or living as Christians has created this whole morass of... uh, you know, judgmentalism or mm. trying to judge behaviors and trying to see. And and this is a big part of what can stop us from living out Jesus' life. We get hung up on other people. Mm-hmm. This is a temptation for us, and this is why Jesus talks about this in this, you know, pivotal, yeah. Yeah. central, how do you live in the kingdom... Boy, we got to figure out what we do with others. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And we have a natural inclination to when other people 
you know, mess up, claim something, don't live it. We're in this, you know, changing, we're changing, we're living for a higher calling. Mm -hmm. Boy, it can be very tempting for us when we fall short or when people fall short or they don't live up to our expectation standards. Mm -hmm. We can very quickly assume an authoritative position where we judge them to be out of the kingdom, we judge them to be bad, evil, inferior, rather than a a brother or a sister in Christ, where we're seeking to bring back in to and with humility, because then there's that level playing field that we were talking about before the podcast. You know, one of the points that you made in your sermonship (laughs) that really hit home with me as you were introducing the topic before we even jumped into Matthew 7 and judge not, lest you be judged, one of the things you mentioned, or the two things that you mentioned was, uh, were we begin to experience the blessed life when we begin giving up trying to be like God. And then the counterpoint to that then is, or the supplement oh, supplemental point to that is, we begin to experience the blessed life when we begin experiencing deepening fellowship with one another. And they have to go hand in hand. We cannot, we cannot begin to experience deep fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We cannot yeah. begin to experience the equal playing field, Ben, like you said, when we are trying to be like God by casting judgment on someone who we believe is inferior or less of a Christian mm-hmm. or outside of the kingdom because they didn't meet our expectations. And I think this speaks to the, the microcosm of one another's, but also the macro of the global church mm-hmm. in the way that you know, through through the context of the Nicene Creed and yeah. those core tenets, yeah. Yeah. Um, seeing other churches as as one, as John as brothers and sisters. Yeah. 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 They will know you by your love for one another. Isn't different that... but equal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like and this is this is a huge issue for us. And even as I'm preparing for this and studying for this, I know Wow, this is a temptation I have, and I know 100%. that everybody I'm speaking to on Sunday, if they're honest, would say, yeah, it can be hard to figure out how to rightly discern behaviors, because that's obvious throughout all of Jesus' teaching that we are called to discern mm-hmm. between right and wrong and bad behavior, while at the same time not putting myself in a position of authority over others. Yeah. Like Justin and I, like wouldn't would we would not have relationship or fellowship mm-hmm. if one of us always felt like the other one was sitting in a place of judgment. Right. Oh, so absolutely. It, it stops the whole community, yep. the coin of yep. fellowship because we're trying to play God over right. one another. It literally disunifies us. Absolutely. And if we not only as pastors, but as brothers in Christ, if we are disunified because of a level of distrust or because we believe that someone is sitting in judgment, we cannot impact the kingdom the way that God would have for us to impact the kingdom. Yeah. It just can't I happen. Totally agree. So this is this is really important to figure out how to love others. That's the key here. Jesus yeah. was the epitome of loving God and loving others. That's what he said the whole thing's about. That's what he wants us to draw to. Yeah. And so in loving others, I must run from, forsake, any kind of superior authoritative position over their spiritual condition. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. posi- yeah. positions, maybe. Yes. Yes. Should I or am I called, as verses 3, 4, and 5 say... Am I called to maybe say something to a brother about bad behavior? Yeah. 
But let me, so let That's me, not being judgmental. Let me jump in here, and then we can keep going. So Matthew 7, 1, our text today, Matthew uh, 7, 1 through 12. Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for in the same way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take out the log in your own eye, and then, when you see clearly, to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. For they will trample them under the feet, uh, their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you who, when a son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what, you, what is good to those who ask in everything before? Therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Mm. So this is the most quoted three words from the scriptures now in our culture. Do not judge. Mm-hmm. How many of us then, how many times do people then go on to read these 12 verses to get the full context of what this right, means? Right. We don't. Yeah. Because what we're looking for, as we've talked about on this podcast so many times, postmodern, the whole idea is the do not judge is leave me alone to live my own truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't make me feel wrong about what I'm doing. Isn't do not judge just code for you live and but I'll that, let you live and, and I'll live? And that's prevalent all throughout uh, the nationalist culture of isolation. And mm-hmm. it's it's me and you or unto ourselves and the woke yep. culture yep. of you can't judge me. You can't whatever. Live yeah, and let sure. live. Yeah. Just, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone, and we're going to be Which is the libertarian and... theme, right? Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is why I struggle with... I love certain parts of it, but I can never embrace it as a Christian, right? Right. Um, because there we is... We were never meant to be isolated. That's right. right. That's right. right. That's right. right. But you're also right. On the other side, it's there is no objective truth... Or in source the, of authority. Don't I am judge my own me ath- culture. I am right. my own authority. Right. Yes. Well, and to your point, I think, Chip, one of the things I took away from your sermon this past week was when it says do not judge, it's not talking about ceasing to make appropriate judgment calls regarding a certain behavior, but it's ceasing to make yourself the authority as to how you will judge them in regards to their position of spirituality, um, their position with Christ, or their position just within a a justified place with God. Because as uh, that's so important because I am not God. Exactly. And I can see Amen. bad... Amen. Say that one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> I can see bad behavior from somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And it needs to be known as bad behavior. Jesus says later in this chapter that we discern uh, bad teaching and mm-hmm. wrong, evil behavior. Yeah. We, we, we're supposed to. It, Ephesians 4 says it's children yeah. that don't know the difference between right and wrong, and then they're, they're vulnerable. We're mm-hmm. never called to not understand bad behavior. Yep. But the reason why somebody does that behavior 
is not my call to discern. Right. Because I don't know, like God, one, He created them, mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. I'm on a level field with them. I'm right. not in a. I'm never in a position over another human being. Yep. Like I'm not. Only God, the Creator, is. But I don't know what they understand, where they came from, the ignorance, yeah. or uh, I don't understand motive. Yeah. 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 And a judge, in a sense of, is trying to discern motive, often, and. That's not for me to do. Right. And that's, I mean, and we're sitting right in that every day. We are quick to assign motive without considering, Very much so. you know, what what intentions might have been. I love yep. what you said, yep. you know, uh, this Sunday, you know, you said we, f- we find blessing because we give up the weight of trying to be God. Um, because if if not, then we're, we're tempted to judge others, we're tempted to think the worst of others. Um, to only speak about their faults, right, yeah. and to not lift them up, to question their yep. motives, um, to judge them without considering ourselves in the same circumstance. Oh, I mean, you know, and that yeah. that hits the first the, the first few in the way that we that we measure. Um, Lord, help me to be slow to judgment in this, to discern and to to consider maybe what a brother or sister might be going through, yeah. and how might I first help them to bring them out of that rather than cast them further into, into judgment. So there's a spectrum, right? On, on one side, if, if the pendulum is swinging, on the one side we have those who I'm going to judge, I see you, I'm going to make the judgment call, I'm going to be superior, I'm going to hold the authority over your life. But on the other side of the pendulum are, are um, the people who were saying, I'm not going to make any judgment call because I know how bad I am. I can't possibly make a judgment call on that bad decision they made because I too make bad decisions. So how do we live with this? Because we are still being called, like you said, Chip, we are still being called to remove the speck, to remove the log from our own. We still have to remove all of it. It still has to be take, done away with. But how do we interact, I mean, from the opposite side of the spectrum when, and it's, maybe, maybe this is my own insecurity, but I'm like, well, I know that. I'm not perfect, so how, how can I then go up to somebody and say, hey, look, I just ma- saw you make this bad decision. How, how do we ride that tension? Boy, that is, that's, that's a great thing to understand because you're exactly right. There's a whole segment of our population is like, I'm not going to say anything because I know I'm not perfect either. Right. But it seems like Jesus is saying, okay, you can't stand in judgment mm-hmm. as their authority. I only can do that. Yeah. Run from that Yeah. because you're not God. And the weight of trying to be God, you could never bear. In fact, you'll be... Have you ever tried to play God? I have. <laughs> like I shared Sunday, like, mm-hmm. I have struggled with the motives of people. Mm-hmm. And I have so. read into motive. Very much And so. I shared that, like, my wife has been a huge help for me because she's so sane. Yeah. And it saved me so many times when people didn't have the yep. motive I thought they had, yep. but I wasn't God. And God knew, you know. So anyway, but then... That's why three, four, and five are so important. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a splinter in your brother's eye. That hurts. You ever got things in your eye, man? Mm-hmm. Like, even small things, it's terrible. That needs to... You can't see clearly. Right. You're irritated. He's saying, hey, don't live allowing your brother to have a splinter. Help him out. Yeah. But as you're doing so, don't allow a plank to be in your eye of self-righteousness. Right, mm-hmm. right. Right? So we do need to help each other yes. out, right? We mm-hmm. are a judging behavior, fixing behavior community mm-hmm. without judging people's position. Yeah. To me, this was a huge takeaway. 
And so we, we talk about three, four, and five then, and we jump to verse six and it says, do not give the dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs. How do we, what's the balance there then? Um, what is this talking about regarding planks and specks and how are we supposed to incorporate this back into judging knots and lest you be judged? Anybody want to take this? I can take it. And <laughs> just, well, I think it's, as I was, you know, fleshing this out is, so there is to be a community of accountability, mm-hmm. of wanting the best for each other, yeah. of not wanting bad behavior to exist. Right. At the same time, not sitting in a, a place of superiority or a mindset of superiority. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes there's people in our congregations or groups or fellowships or friend groups that you genuinely want them to change their behavior because you see it's destructive and they don't receive it because of pride or ignorance or blind spot. And they're just like, they get mad at you or they refuse to see what you're saying. I think what Jesus is saying, listen, just move on. Don't double down. I think that's been one of the most difficult things in ministry for me to to grab a hold of and to, to, to just come to terms with because there are individuals or, or whatever that, uh, you know, have some sort of involvement or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's just, there's just no desire to, you know, to, to continue to live that out. And, yeah. and, you know, you, you keep pursuing, you keep pursuing all the while you have this flock here that's needs to, that needs nurtured and needs yeah. and needs yeah. growth. And, and so just being discerning and learning when, okay, Lord, I will put them in your hands. Yeah. I pray that you would bring them back in yeah. to the fellowship. Um, but as far as, as this goes, I need to I need to keep my eyes and, yeah. and keep pursuing. I mean, it's what Paul says, and when, you know, if someone doesn't receive the gospel, you just dust off your shoes and go the yeah. next. And, and to a certain extent, it's... It's there's an invitation to be discerning with, hey, before you go tell this person what they've just done wrong, look at who they are. And to a certain extent, I think even this is how so often as a church we want to interact with the world. We want to tell the world, this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you're, you're doing wrong. But they're not under the authority of the mm-hmm. Bible. And so what we're doing is yeah. we are placing judgment on them before we've even begun a relationship yeah, with them. So good. Yeah. And if we yeah. haven't begun the relationship with them, then we don't have the right to tell them, hey, you're doing this wrong. And to a certain extent, when we start doing this, and this is why people leave the church or people don't come to the church because they then become the people who turn around on us saying, well, you do this wrong. And so all of a sudden then, if we are going to people who we haven't established the right to, to tell, hey, I see the speck in your eye. They're going to see us with the planks in our eyes. And so there needs to be this mutual relationship, this mutual understanding of like, look, I'm not trying to be superior. I'm trying to be that brother or sister in Christ who loves you, who hates sin, and wants to bring you further along into the kingdom of heaven, hoping that you'll do the same. Not that you're going to attack me for my own sins or my own bad decisions, but that we can come together and iron, sharpening iron together. But Jesus is saying, hey, don't give the dogs what is holy and don't don't throw your pearls before pigs. Well, I think to a certain extent, it's knowing, hey, do you have the right, have you earned the right through a relationship to discuss this with this That's particular good. individual? Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, as you're talking, I'm, I'm just thinking again from a pastoral lens, mm-hmm. the power of a story mm-hmm. 
Like when I get to know somebody's story, mm-hmm. my mercy capacity for Absolutely. them just grows exponentially. Yes. Yeah. That's why the church needs to be a place yeah. where people's stories are shared. Yeah. Like as you're talking, I'm thinking, boy, we need to keep being a place where everybody's heard. Mm-hmm. That's why small groups yeah. are so meaningful uh, or in these pockets of community mm-hmm. groups. Um, because then when we know each other's story a little better and we can identify with Dude, you didn't even have a context for yeah. a family. You didn't yeah. have a father. No yeah. wonder, boy, uh, understanding behaviors becomes framed a whole lot differently. Absolutely. And it's yeah. tempered yes. with mercy uh, far more than, than, than normal. But again, this requires intentionality on our end. It's something that I often forget. I want, I want to view somebody through the lens of like, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't do it this way. But understanding, like, wait a minute, I don't know. I have to be intentional with listening and getting to know mm-hmm. and building a relationship with that person, which goes back to then do whatever you do to others as you would have them do to you. Not in the sense of, hey, I want to love them the way that I like being loved. I want to learn how they want to be loved so that I can properly love them in the way that they receive it the best and so that I can have that relationship with them. Yeah, this passage is beautiful. I mean, from 1 to 12... That's the theme. Absolutely. And that's why <laughs> 7 and 8, for me, were kind of uh, perspective-altering this week, because hmm. he talks about asking, seeking, knocking, right? Mm-hmm. We plaster this everywhere yeah. when we talk about prayer. I've seen prayer conferences mm-hmm. built around asking, seeking, knocking, and to be honest, I have asked and sought and knocked God to help me make decisions to provide for needs I had, to open doors, and all the while, contextually, yeah, and th- in this loving others, passage, right? Just loving others, you know. And I think for me, I've taken, you know, shared in the last podcast how how much this impacts me. I've from a capital C church context, yep. the ecumenical yep. piece yep. of this in um, maybe. Other other churches or other other faith communities around town. My prayer has been, Lord, help me to get to know, mm. to understand, and to humanize, and to um, truly seek to love one another, so that way Your kingdom may be yeah. advanced and revival yeah. can come to this town. And um, that's that's really been my prayer over the last eighteen months, and why I've been sitting in this. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, when we, even for myself, and going to your point, Ben, when we start thinking of those who are different than us, when we start thinking of those who are doing or operating things just in a way that maybe we wouldn't, um, or even even within friendships or or family, I have found myself in seasons to where I, not necessarily intentionally, where I've allowed myself to be like God or try to be like God and determining motives, man, I'm just angry. I'm just angry all the time. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. again, this this whole idea of like asking, seeking, knocking, it's not necessarily for, Lord, help me, help me, help me, but it's, Lord, um, well, help me love others. Keep me, like your prayer, what the, your final point mm-hmm. there, Chip, was, Lord, keep me desperate to love others. And when this is our, when this is our motivation, holy cow, that, that lifts anger. It lifts a burden because all of a sudden I don't have to determine the motives of others and I can just be satisfied and content with how God is loving me and helping me to love others. Yeah, the weight of trying to be God, ask, seek, and knock that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't assume that. 
because that's a terrible place to be. It ends up, we're not equipped for that. Yeah. And this implies that you are around others, that you are trying to do community mm-hmm. with others. Yes. So this speaks directly into the idea that, um, you know, our, your faith is private. It's, it's, it's yours. Right, or right. On, a, on a larger level, um, it's this church, it's nobody else. Right. We right, will never, right. well, that's not what, not my prayer is that I, you, you, that we will be one, one. Yes. like, like yes. I am one with the Father. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, it has its, it's not, this is, this is implied that we are not isolated. We're in yes. community. We yes. are in community. And, and it's in community with people who are broken, who hurt people. It's in community with people who are still learning. It's in community with those who... In progress. Exactly. And uh, we, we were just watching this video with Matt Chandler and understanding we don't give up on Jesus just because someone has done something to hurt you. Our <laughs> eyes are on Jesus the entire time so that, that even when we do get ridiculous hurt... ridiculous thing I've ever yes. heard to, to forego the Savior of the world because... Someone screwed up just like I've screwed up. It, and that's what it is. It's understanding I've hurt people and I've been hurt by people and we are on an equal playing field, but we don't give up Jesus just because someone beside us didn't meet our standards. Yeah, it's dumbly, it's doubly dumb. Yes, if Christ yes. didn't give up on us, yeah. we sure can't give up on our brothers and sisters. Exactly. Well, and it's doubly dumb on our point to to lose relationship with Christ or to not have relationship. I'm sorry, I'm not losing things, but um, I hate that terminology. But... To, to not live in relationship with Christ, so we lose that. Mm-hmm. Here I go again. <laughs> Sorry, we give forego. it up. We forego. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's also because, rightly so, a lot of times it is other people's bad behavior. Yeah. yeah. So you've compounded what they've done maybe to you by then allowing them to still have influence and power That's in exactly your life. Right. That's exactly keeping right. Keeping you from the source of everything. Yeah. yeah like you, you can't look at others. You have given others the key to your... That's eternal it. That's destination. It. But if we go just a few verses back before chapter 7, we see, and I think this goes right along with the conversation, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all yep. these things will be added to yep. you. Mm-hmm. So often, though, I mean, what is seeking? It's keeping our eyes on the prize. It's keeping our eyes on the goal, the treasure, the motivation. But when we allow others to distract us from who God is, then all of a sudden we miss it and we allow them to influence how our relationship with God. I think the Apostle Paul is probably one of the greatest examples of living out this passage. Single-minded devotion. Of yeah. he, I mean, if you want to talk about who is the most righteous yeah. other than Christ... <laughs> um, Seems like him. And what is he doing? He's constantly rebuking, calling churches out of maybe um, ill practices course correcting, mm-hmm. all while saying, you know, I'm the chief, I'm of, the chief, sinners. Of, all I'm the chief sinners. of all sinners. <laughs> I mean, he does this so beautifully. So if you want to, if you want supplemental reading for Matthew yeah. 7, start, I mean, start reading Ephesians, <laughs> Ephesians, Colossians. Yeah. I mean, all of this stuff. I mean, it's so good. It is. It really, it really is. I mean, we go to the end of even Second Corinthians, we know that that Paul did not have this easy life. Not in the sense of like, yes, we know that he was persecuted and he was whipped and he was shipwrecked and he was stoned, but we're told that Paul had a thorn in his flesh and he had to live with this and yet he still understood or he came to the understanding that God's grace is efficient and sufficient more than anything else. And in his life then, he then realizes, wait a minute, I am humbled. 
I cannot be arrogant. I cannot be superior. The man who wrote the majority of the New Testament understood. The man who was brought up to the fourth heavens right. to experience Saw God, things that, mm-hmm. he himself is not, is not superior to anybody else, to any of the churches, to the first Corinthians who he writes to in regards to all of the sin that they're living in. He understands himself. Look, guys, I'm not superior to you, but I'm calling you, I'm calling you out to take the speck out of your eyes so that you can experience Jesus more. Right. Second Corinthians is written basically as a uh, defending his apostleship mm-hmm. of anybody that could judge other people, because that guy got slandered yes. over and yes. over. You're yeah. not the real thing. Yeah. You're not legit. Yeah. You're self-centered. You're, you're whatever. You're timid. He, he loves them regardless, mm, yes. refuses yes. to live in judgment over them, yeah. desires for them. What a beautiful picture of how to... Yes, see bad yes. behavior, try to bring accountability, all at the same time, not living in superiority mm-hmm. over somebody. And mm-hmm. sticking with it, staying in community, being yeah. being That's committed exactly right. <laughs> to That's exactly right. the church. You know, you brought up Proverbs 18, right? He who separates himself seeks his own desires. Uh, he quarrels against all sound wisdom. Sound judgment, yeah. Yeah, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only yeah. in re- revealing his own mind. Yeah. Yes, so stay grafted to the church. Yeah. And the church will another. hurt you. The people in the church will hurt us. You're not going to like Christians, right? <laughs> there are Christians. Well, again, going back to that Matt Chandler video. video yeah. There are Christians that you don't like. And well, guess what? There are Christians that don't like you. And I think that is a very humbling truth uh, to understand that. It's just not a perfect system when we are trying to run it ourselves. But Christ keeps us unified. But uh, yeah, because it leads us to humility. It leads us to dependency on Christ. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. That's exactly it.